Throughout this journey, I couldn't help but become emotionally invested in Megan's story. Long before this project even began, her kidnapping became part of my life when I was only 17. Since then, it's become a cautionary tale for my children and an inspirational story to share with friends. However, it also became a traumatic memory that sometimes left me completely frozen in fear as a parent, unable to make a decision because I couldn't see every possible outcome. As we now come to the conclusion of this podcast, I find myself feeling less fearful and more hopeful. Hearing the different perspectives of the day and witnessing its profound effects on others has emphasized the importance of faith and maintaining hope even in the dark times. I've learned that everyone carries their own struggles and healing is a brave choice. Seeing the pain this situation caused has reminded me how important it is to be there for the people in my life who might be silently struggling with something I know nothing about. I hope that listening to this podcast has moved you in some way as well. If you've carried a weight of trauma in your life, my prayer is that this has brought you some sense of hope and healing. Most of all, I want you to know that you're not alone. Just think about Megan's story and how many people felt its effects. We're never truly alone in our pain. There's always someone out there rooting for us and understanding to some degree what we're going through. I want you to know that I understand your time is important and I'm very grateful you've shared some of it with me. Together, we can move forward with hope and compassion and embrace the resilience that lives inside of each of us. Thank you for joining me on this journey. This is She's Missing. This podcast discusses kidnapping and adult themes. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. We ask that if you know Megan or her family, that you continue to help protect her identity. Now that you have been listening to the podcast, what are your thoughts so far on everything? I love hearing everybody else's stories. Everyone always asks about me, but there's so much more to this, which was my goal coming into this, is I wanted to hear everybody's story collectively put together for the bigger picture. And there's still so much more that we still don't have totally documented, but for the most part, it's just really neat to see all of that come together. So I really thought it was neat hearing Whitney and Kira's perspectives because they mentioned a lot I don't remember that we were going to go camping with Whitney's family I don't even remember that at all so when she said that like oh yeah I guess yeah I forgot about that and the fact that they were there I don't know there was so much that what they shared was really interesting so I'm super glad that they contributed to that. Stosich, that was cool to hear him being kind of one of the first ones there. And how do you start putting puzzle pieces together? I mean, that's an overwhelming thing. So that was really neat to hear him. That was really cool too, was to hear Level talk about after the shootout. I mean, that was chaos in and of itself. And I can't even imagine all the emotions and anger, fear, whatever. But so as he was talking about after he's standing there by the body and he's cussing at him and everything, 
I know it was probably really rough for him. I smiled because I would have probably done the exact same thing. And I thought, oh my gosh, he's human. Like yeah. he's a real person. <laughs> so I, I did smile at that. It was just that realization that there's sometimes we just express feelings the same way. And I appreciated that. I feel like a lot of people don't realize cops aren't just waiting to shoot people. You know, like no, they, don't they don't want, want to. to. That's a heavy, heavy burden. But that was a part that I loved in his story and just shows how raw and real, how vulnerable he was in that situation. That also goes to show how hard that life is. And I don't think people give it enough credit. It's, I think it's very taxing. And then to go through something like that and how do you process the PTSD that comes with that? There's so much emotionally. So that's just it. It wasn't just me. It was everyone else that had to process and analyze and how do I move forward from this and not have just harbor all these ill feelings toward this person and everything that was part of the goal is there were multiple stories here there's multiple different angles so it wasn't you see the law enforcement side Mm -hmm. you see the family you see the friends but what about the extended family from there I know you had a lot of people at your house after this happened. Even that night, um, your friend Amber stayed the night, and you had a lot of neighbors and friends come to visit. Do you remember how Amber ended up at your house and how your family felt about all of the visitors afterward? I remember that night that I specifically wanted Amber there with me, and I don't remember how that all transpired, but I remember... I just felt better when she was there. I felt like my parents will go to bed. If Amber stays with me, I'll have someone there that I feel comfortable with. And I was fine. And I remember that all night. I felt okay because Amber was there with me. I mean, I knew my parents were in the other room, but there was something about having someone there. And I was glad that she was. I think the overwhelming response from people, because we had people there all the time, like I said, from whatever time in the morning till late at night, it was just constant flow of people. So I think they were really probably exhausted by it. And I was fine. I was like, this is great. And maybe it was just a distraction because there was so much going on. So it kept my mind off of things. And it was a reminder that I was back in reality where I was safe. So for me, I thought it was really healing. But I guess I could see how my parents, it was like, this is so overwhelming. So was it your choice to keep your identity a secret or was it more of a family decision? That was more of a family decision. My parents ultimately made that decision because they wanted me to not have the public eye on me all the time. I was still pretty young, and they wanted me to have a normal life as much as possible from there on out. And then when I got older, they said it was up to me what I did with that. And and I've thought about it a lot. There's part of me that's thought about going more public. But at this point in my life, I don't know if it, I don't think it matters. A 
I know that it can be difficult dealing with negative opinions from people who should probably just keep their their thoughts and opinions to themselves. But can you share your experience with how you have handled those types of situations? We were at a wedding for my brother, mm-hmm. and one person said, well, she came up to me and said, aren't you the girl that was taken? And she was an older lady, too. She was like a grandmother or something. And I just looked at her, and I said, yeah, I am. And then she said, I don't know why you didn't scream or something. I would have done something like that to get away. And then, or I can't remember exactly how it went down, but she, or maybe she said something to the table or something. And it set me off. And then I contacted her granddaughter and said, hey, can I have your grandma's number? I met with her at the wedding, not telling her what I was about to do. Mm -hmm. And she sent it to me. No problem. She's like, yeah, here you go. No problem. And I was going to do something. And then I, I sat, thought about it for a second. And I said, it's not even worth it. That person is not worth my time. You're the one out of however many your opinion doesn't matter to me. So, but it took a second to get there. Yeah. But it is, it's very frustrating. It's just, man, people. No one knows how they're going to respond to something. No, be nice. And and don't, why do people critique the way that they do? They're horrible. So Yeah. yeah, there's part of me that thinks, why in the world would I want to be out there especially in this world where people can hide behind a keyboard and they can say me i mean that lady had no problem saying it to your face well you (laughs) let's put you in the situation and let's see how loud you scream how do you feel like that affected your dynamic with your mom and dad i think they were very supportive and very I'm sorry this happened, but let's dust yourself off, get up, let's move on, keep going forward, which was, I think, really beneficial and willing to do whatever I needed. So in that way, yes, they were very great. I'm super grateful for my parents and all that they've done for me. And especially in that time, I mean, that's so hard for them as well trying to navigate that I also think it was really hard too because I did change a lot and I grew up very fast so then I want my independence and I want my freedom and I think I could do all these things and so there was some contention there sometimes with that they wanted to keep me close but now I'm ready to just go live and do my thing in the world. And so there was a struggle there. But overall, I think they were really good. I think the positives outweighed the any negatives for sure. Growing up, it just wasn't an option to just sit and, and dwell on that experience. Yeah, it happened. But like I said, okay, what do we need to do? To get over this, we need to move forward. We can't let this keep us captive the rest of our lives. And again, I'm really grateful for that. 
I think they had the right attitude. And there's definitely days when you think, I don't want to do this anymore. This is so hard. Why did I have to go through this? Kind of a pity party, but you cry and then you get over it and you keep going. So, and you can choose not to, for sure. You can choose to just dwell on that forever, but your life isn't going to be very fruitful if you do. So you have to make a choice. One of the aspects that I found really inspiring was hearing the incredible amount of support that you received. And that theme seemed to pop up again and again during the interview process. However, talking to Phaedra, it didn't seem like she had that same kind of support once she was finally free of him. Well, from what she said, that they thought it was me. Crazy. Which is so crazy. I know when I heard that, there was a part of me that was angry. But then I thought, but what information did they have? Obviously, this is their loved one that... How could that be possible? Mm -hmm. But then I didn't ask for any of this. I don't even know who he was. You know, I was just sleeping. So to hear that, but then for her to have her reaction that I wasn't crying and it was over for me, basically. I can't remember her exact words, but, but my coworker actually asked me the other day. She said, if you could go back in time and not go through that, would you? And I told her no. And she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. But I told her there's two reasons why. First reason, I have a relationship that I know God will be there for me no matter what. Even in the hard times, in the good times, I know he's there. And a lot of people don't ever get that experience to have that knowledge. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Second of all, like I already said, I think about Phaedra all the time. And I'm not taking credit for what happened, but if I was the reason, if I went through what I went through, and I was able to help put a stop to that, for her, that is worth it a hundred times over. No, I genuinely, there is, there is a... I don't know what you call it, a bond or connection. But I have a love for her that we don't even know each other. Really, I don't, except for that we just share this mutual circumstance, unfortunately. But I would never look at her in any negative light. I think she is amazing. And I would just tell her that I love her. Thank you for still going on in life. Thank you for being the person that you are, and it was worth it. Totally worth it for you. I would do it again. Having gone through what you experienced, do you feel nervous or worried for kids, especially those in that 14-year-old teenager age range? When I look at little kids, I am more concerned about toddlers than I am so much about teenagers. And I think maybe part of that would be because of what I saw Phaedra go through, how vulnerable they are. I mean, as teenagers, you are to a degree, but you, 
you're stronger, you could fight back more. You have a little bit more control, maybe not much, but a little bit. Whereas someone so young and innocent, you're totally open to all sorts of things. I, I just think that little kids is what gets me more. Well, yeah. and then for people to be like her family to be oblivious to that is gut-wrenching. And I, I saw it. That was the thing. I saw it happen. Yeah. Hearing you say that, it was like, okay, yeah, that would be way harder than at 14. Well, like I always teenagers. think about it. Aunts and uncles and stuff like that when you have little kids and they, okay, we're leaving. Give so-and-so a hug and give so-and-so a hug. I always hate that. And again, I think about her and I think, but what if you're forcing that child to hug someone who hurts them all the time and you don't even know that? So for me, that's something I would never push on my child. I would just let them do what they're comfortable doing. I think as an adult, you're, you should be a safe place and you should be someone or something that they feel comfortable coming to. And they'll show you love. Kids are very loving. So just don't force that. Well, another thing, I don't know if this even is, matters, but I hate, I don't like it when people let their kids run around naked with other people around. I don't care if it's family, whatever. I know some people are like, oh, it's cute. They're little kids. But again, that's another thing that I think about is her. And I, cause she was so little. And I think you have no idea who's looking at her. I'm probably the one that's messed up or has issues. But then I think it's just a safety thing. It's, you just, you don't know who's out there and who's watching. So why would you even risk it? I just want to tell you how grateful I am to you for allowing me to share your story. All of the miracles surrounding your escape and that have led you to where you are today as an adult are what I really wanted to highlight. And I feel like we have done that so far. So thank you for no, letting me do thank this. thank you. This is a huge task. I, I've known that it would be a huge task. So I really appreciate you and all the work you've done. Do you have any final thoughts you would like to share about how you are doing now? I really view it like God blessed me with such an amazing experience and I don't feel like that's my story. It's me, but it's his story. Like, I just want glory to go to him because he's the one that pulled me through that. You know, if, if God got me through that, then the rest of this, he'll bring me through too. Because nothing as bad as what that was in that moment. So I do. I feel like I'm doing really well. This podcast was produced by me, Emily. Thank you for joining me for this incredible experience. You can find additional information and a directory of those interviewed on our website, she'smissingpodcast.com. She's Missing is a Search Party Media production. If you have enjoyed this podcast, the biggest compliment that you can give is sharing this podcast with a friend. I will be including a few bonus episodes in the next couple of weeks, 
that are parts of interviews that I really wanted to share that didn't quite fit in any of the episodes, but I definitely don't want to leave them out. So you can look forward to hearing those in the next few weeks while we are waiting for season two.